0: Welcome to X Talk Podcast, a podcast about sex, relationships, porn, and much more. Join us each week as we explore topics in sex health, relationships, and sex work. Now, here's your host, sex and relationships advisor, and pornography expert, Leanne Young.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Lian Young Show. Yes, I say the Lian Young Show because we do the purely woman and I have a great woman for you. And I think this video is so good. I'm going to put it out onto the X big talk radio. Now, many people have some idea about sex workers and the sex industry. Now, when it comes to the sex industry, there's many genres. You have porn, you have escorting, you have webcam, you have lap dancing. And People have different views on every kind of genre. Now, is the sex industry one to be looked down on during this COVID-19 crisis? Or is it actually going to be the industry that survives the COVID-19 and more people will turn to, to supplement their income? So I am going to introduce you to the wonderful leading, not only fitness model, playboy model, and confident woman who is also the world's leading escort from california let's introduce the wonderful amy taylor to the show hello amy hi how, how are you? you i'm not too bad how are you
0: well all things considered in these crazy times i'm doing well
1: and how Thanks. is how is business i have to ask because obviously you're on lockdown
0: Yeah, it's completely on
1: hold for
0: me. Um, I can't speak for everybody, of course. um, But yeah, it has ceased. We have stay at home orders. I'm not one to violate those. And so it's a it's an unplanned vacation,
1: I suppose. (laughs) But is it a good vacation where you can actually take time out, relax and just have some personal time?
0: Partly, yeah. I have um, forty books that most of which are still unread. I always said I didn't have time to read them, and now I have no <laughs> excuse. I've read some. Um, yeah, it's part of it is fine. I, you know, take walks in the park, spend more time with my dog, cook more. All of that is nice, but because it's permeated with this undercurrent of the unknown and a bit of fear, both economic and otherwise. Uh, It's not as nice as a vacation by choice would have been, obviously.
1: Oh, do you know what? I was very fortunate. I was in Western Australia, and I got one of the last flights back on the 16th of March. So I'd had a month vacation, and I managed to fly home to be told that I can't go out. (laughs) (laughs) But I was very fortunate I'd (laughs) had a month off. Oh, you did? Absolutely, yeah. And it was a pure holiday, and I was just one of the fortunate ones who had the timing... And it just worked out perfect. That's lucky. Yeah. And I came back to renovate my apartment. I moved into a new apartment and renovated the whole lot during lockdown.
0: Never a better time to get to that project, huh?
1: Do you know what? People say, you know, many years ago. Now, if I'm correct in thinking, you're 40.
0: 43.
1: Okay, you're 43 and I'm 45. So many years ago, Mm -hmm. people used to say, oh, women should be at home. They should be doing the cooking, looking after the children, doing the cleaning. Right, and the men would be left to the DIY work, and wow. I soon learned at a young age, and especially the single mum, that I was doing the DIY work and still staying at home. Wow! And that's why I became a single parent. And then like yesterday, I plastered my bathroom ceiling. I mean, Yourself? I, yeah, myself in a dress.
0: How did you know how to do that in a dress? I love that
1: YouTube. How to do it? YouTube. Oh yeah, everything's on there, right? I have tiled, I have plastered ceilings, I have learnt so much from from online during lockdown.
0: I feel like you could have videoed that and monetized it, and there'd be some dude who has a kink who would have paid a lot of money to watch
1: that. <laughs> Do you know what? You're like, you're watching, so right.
0: Be a thing somewhere.
1: Oh my god, I mean, it is. A fetish probably would, and I should have really thought about that rather than just you know. I could have it and some of the money back, you know. <laughs> There you go. And so, you, Has it gone well? It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm amazed how good it, how, you know, I've always been good at a special kind of DIY, but I didn't know I could do like the real DIY. <laughs> right. So for yeah. me. See you, what you can handle when you have to. That's sort of cool. That is, do you know what? It's so, I couldn't believe that, you know, just, you know, saying, I'm not scared, I'm going to do it really worked.
0: Well, there's something, a certain amount of surrender in life is necessary. I struggle a lot with that as a sort of woman who built my business. And I like to feel in control of things, the illusion. This has been a little hard for me, this worldwide situation. But also, as the saying goes, necessity is the mother of invention. When there's no handyman to come plaster your bathroom, you do it. And absolutely the attraction to me, to the adult industry is, it's often people get into it out of sheer necessity. They're young and they're broke, often. That's, that's totally that's correct. correct, yep. And so they are capable of incredible resourcefulness. I mean, there's, some of my colleagues have pivoted so quickly into virtual dates using, you did an episode with those Bluetooth-enabled um, toys where both people can remotely...
1: From, from around the world, I could be in Australia and somebody in England and can, can remote control. It's amazing
0: people are using those now and having virtual dates. Okay. It's not the same as in person, but I'm amazed at how necessity, the only thing that will be beautiful and fascinating out of this really horrific time will be to see how people adapt because humans always do. I have no idea how they will, but it's going to be very interesting. You're already seeing bits of that.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. And I think that we've been in lockdown for like nearly four weeks and we got told it was getting extended only last week. And people, because there's no direction and there's no um, kind of tell of when it's going to stop, people have kind of done their own exit from lockdown, but in a very careful way. People, Absolutely. More people are out going to the shops, walking. And DIY stores have reopened and people have just said, do you know what? Nobody's given us any directional focus and therefore I'm going to have my own exit strategy in a very safe way. And that has really started happening.
0: It's fascinating that it hasn't been, I don't want to speak too soon, but that it hasn't been worse to see that happen. Like we haven't had sort of this total lack of societal behavior. Most people are being nice there's not some explosion of crime so far yes Yes. so yeah (laughs) so so far I wonder when people get so frustrated from the lack of human touch because I'm all for all this virtual stuff it's great but let's be honest we're people we're creatures that need touch we need it intimacy closed spas closed you can't get a massage um obviously sex work being shut down I wonder how long it'll be till people can no
1: longer stand the lack of human touch
0: if they have
1: nobody. I don't I, think it's fa- that far off. I mean, I'm a counsellor as well. And, yeah. and I look after the adult industry. So I cancel models from the adult industry and I cancel models um, and just normal, you know, nine to five work work people in normal industries and or regular industries. I wouldn't even say normal, but regular. Mm-hmm. And um, most of them, from both sides of fence have been struggling and they're saying to me, I need intimacy. It's, um, it's a desire. It's built within us. It's a natural instinct. Yeah. And pe- Minog- people are suffering. Monogamy
0: is looking pretty good now. I know a lot of escorts have sort of hunkered down with their main guy. A lot of people are hunkering down with their spouse and maybe more into, and that's not a bad thing if you get along. I mean, it's funny that <laughs> who knew that relative exclusivity would look so good pandemics (laughs) do that what i don't want to see is and what can happen is because pandemics make people very germ phobic i don't want to see some sort of proverbial witch burning of sex workers as sort of disease ridden carriers of because that can happen when people
1: seek blame
0: i I don't see that happening right now but i'm worried Um, we're
1: going to go into that i mean first of all i want you to i mean i want to know so much about you right? Because I've, I've got so many questions for you. And I already know that your advice is going to be fantastic. I've looked at a couple of your interviews. Um, you're a very determined, strong woman, which I really like. Likewise. And so tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I don't even know what to ask right now, because I'm even I'm like, how did you get to the top of your game? What inspired you? Who inspired you?
0: Sheer unwillingness to give in, which I've always been a bit pushy and delusional. And so when I was an undergraduate, um, I was in a sorority, so sort of an American club thing. It's stupid, but it's a house full of girls that live together and party and misbehave. And, uh, one of my sorority sisters was, was an escort and, to, and trusted me enough to tell me. And that's where I first heard of it. I had always dated men who provided for me at the time in college I didn't date college boys. I was dating a doctor. He'd just gotten out of med school. He was 10 years older. And uh, he could take me on vacation to Tahiti while some frat boy couldn't even take me to dinner. So I think my model, my, my father provided my mother nurtured. It was a pretty traditional thing. They're still married. They're totally in love. He's considerably older than she is. That was what I saw. And I probably modeled that behavior in the men that I chose and the lifestyle. So I was already kind of, I don't want to say gold diggery, but I've always liked that safety of a man who can financially provide, particularly when I was younger and poorer than, than now.
1: Uh, depends
0: on what happens with the global recession. I might be back
1: <laughs> But no, like yourself, I'm into older men, always have been, and it's a security. I mean, my last boyfriend was 63. And it's- yeah, you don't mind? What, dating a 63-year-old? Yeah. No, they have wisdom, they have experience they, they can, I feel safe
0: Yeah,
1: they it, It's just something about me that that's, I need interesting conversation So how old were you when you were an undergraduate?
0: So I went to college from 17 to 21 and uh, I was 19 when, when this girl told me I had a boyfriend who was providing for me already so I didn't do it then but I then went to graduate school in Los Angeles He and I broke up I suddenly was lonely and broke without him, and I remembered this, that she had told me three at that point three or four years earlier and was like, oh, I'm going to do that. So I looked for an agency like she had worked for in uh, San Francisco. I was in L.A. No one would hire me. They hired Playboy Centerfolds, and I had at that time a bigger nose and smaller breasts than I do now, and I was young, but I wasn't Los Angeles pretty. Um I was, you know, a San Francisco nine but an LA six at best. <laughs> One agency told me, this owner, she was very nice, and she said, Oh, you're super smart and guys are gonna love you. You're a grad student and you're cool. You don't need an agency, you can do this on your own. And I was like, Well, how do you do that? And she showed me a few websites and I began the search, spent a couple weeks searching, spent my last few bucks on some photos and launched, picked a name got a phone and the rest was history and it went largely well a couple of bad things happened my my first client was lovely and i saw him for 10 years and we went all over the world together my second client was a police officer that night was not so good (laughs) i mean he was great till till he wasn't (laughs) uh yeah he fooled me and uh that sucked it was expensive and painful, and changed my opportunities forever because of what happened to me legally. It actually forced me to stay in the work because the rest of my life has been shaped by the fact that
1: they did that to me. So, what did they do to you? Did it was it, was it the legal side?
0: Yeah, I got arrested and had a record forever, and that has that has cost me opportunities every day of my life since, and it will till the day I die.
1: Uh, my wow, and um, like America it's got to be America because I know many escorts in the UK and you know, and even in Ireland that people would say, you know, is like more dodgy, I suppose, or more, i um, not legally a binding or too strict. I'm not quite sure how to, how to put the words, but over there, you know, if escorts are going over, they register with a guard for their own safety, but they don't get arrested.
0: Well, I mean, it's a, it's a word game here. So, I thought I had met a nice older man who would help take care of me, pay for graduate school and that I could date and I liked him. And instead I was fooled and I was thrown in jail. And had I had the money I have now, I would have fought hard and maybe I would have won or at least been really difficult for them to crush. But I was broke and young and scared and stupid and they steamrolled me and he fooled me. He lied and he got to further his career by, making out with a cute young girl and then throwing me behind bars. I'm sure that was fun for him that day. A lot easier than going after a real criminal. And uh, it was what it was. But the only good thing that came out of it is I learned that people don't always tell the truth. I was very naive. I'm a professor's child that came didn't come from the streets. I thought people were honest. And I learned that night that people can lie. And the usefulness of that lesson probably saved my life because the next liar could have been a murderer, right? Completely. I learned to check out, I learned to believe, to trust, but verify everything anybody ever said to me since. And that probably saved my life. So even bad experiences as we're all going through on earth right now, can end up really useful if you take some lessons from them.
1: So, That's it, it's lessons, it's, it's experience, it's less de- lessons and you, and, you, and you gain wisdom. I mean, there is a positive out of a negative.
0: Sometimes painfully so, but you
1: do. So how l- I've got to ask, how long were you dating him for and how did you meet him? Which? The police officer, because people will know. be at home going, how did, they, how did that happen?
0: For a lovely dinner. And we talked on the phone several times before as we planned things. He told me that he owned a company that was not true. And all I would have had to do was check. And, that, and I would have not gone to meet him if I had known. But I was stupid and believed what he said and naive. And uh, we had a lovely dinner. And then we went up to a hotel suite. And then uh, one thing was sort of leading to another. And then the door busted open and I was thrown on my face. And a gun was put to my head and I was cuffed and then it was two-hour interrogation, and then it was jail for a few hours, and then it was lawyers for months, and a lot of expense, so I had to keep working because I didn't have the money to pay for the lawyers. And I got mad, you know, I wasn't ashamed. I said, why, I, I met somebody who was nice, and I was nice, and I was hoping we would date, and we both would help each other out, and how is that evil, how is that evil? In most of the civilized world, it's not considered evil. And and I'm not sorry. And I'm not ashamed. And I don't think I'm a bad person. And I know you want me to be ashamed of myself, but I'm not. And I got mad. Oh, uh, rightly so. Well, I just think some, I was hoping someday our country would change. They say the majority of people in our country think it should be decriminalized. But I don't know now with the pandemic, if people will go more conservative disease sometimes makes people more conservative in their
1: behavior so we'll see I mean I mean I I mean you know I'm fascinated by your story I mean I work as a is a voluntary outreacher for the Metropolitan Police Sexual Violence Unit here in London and I deal with I don't know if you've heard of National Ugly Mug
0: yeah yeah
1: and I deal with adultwork.com yeah and both of them work beside the police and the police do not look down on us and they're just like you know it's they're so open and they talk to us and we we learn all about legalities we keep women safe
0: a girlfriend of mine in canada just the other day had a threatening guy and was able to kick him out and call the cops and file a report and they were able to apprehend him and In this country, you can't do any of that. They would like us to just die. They would like us to be thrown away. And, you know, we're a joke. Dead hooker is a joke in America.
1: But it it just doesn't make sense because, you know, to me, I mean, I'm from the adult industry. You know, 20 years ago, I was a porn queen of England, worked in Los Angeles. And before my adult career, I was a probation officer. Right. Yeah. Interesting (laughs) so I I knew the law and I got into pornography and I felt completely safe you know there was no dodgy hotel thing there was no dodgy anything um and I was one maybe I was one of the fortunate ones but I was also the one that had my head together done the research done the check-in um and and I didn't take drugs and that you know and I think that's highly important and then you know and then I went over to Los Angeles to work and you know, I never understood how when the industry was saying, if you ever do escorting, you can't stay in the adult industry. And I never understood the difference. And I was like, OK, that, you know, I wasn't escorting. I was a top adult actress. You know, we didn't have sex outside work, you know, because you can't because, you know, you have to keep health, safety, hygiene is so much important. But it's the same as escorting.
0: Well, most porn stars do escort. They just lie. They do, yeah. that employ almost all of them. Not not all, but most. And they just lie. And I think it's a liability issue. America is a country of lawyers and porn companies don't want to be legally responsible for disease spread, nor do they want to be held culpable for knowing that they're involved in something illegal. Even if it's a law no one agrees with, it's still a law. It's very stupid. But uh, we are being held hostage by the minority who's very conservative and sex-phobic. They are not the majority of people, but they're very vocal. They spend a lot of money in political lobbying, and they're holding America hostage because the majority doesn't agree with them, but they're powerful.
1: Yeah. Um, In England, I don't think it's been... I only returned to England to live full-time a couple of years ago, and I still work you know, around different countries in media. And... You know, I get to interview all kind of women, actresses, you know, in Australia, they're very cool about escorting in brothels. Um, in England, not so much. I think that if you're independent, that's cool. Agencies, obviously, with the Internet taking over, it's like a no-go. Um, and I think the main thing with the police um, is, is safety Fine. You know, what is, a, what is a female safety? And what would you say is the most important thing or what did you learn along the way about safety?
0: Well, so we have, in America, because we're not allowed to do anything openly, we have our covert ways. We have apps where we talk about bad clients. We um, can't tell our healthcare providers that we're sex workers because our insurance will get cancelled. So you have to lie. But there are clinics you can go to and get... The tests and the medications you need, uh, the adult clinics provide those and don't ask any questions about your lifestyle choices. So, you know, humans are going to human. We find a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a mess. And of course, if the industry was legitimized, all of that would be better. We could uh, deal with harmful men. We could collect for non payment. We could call the police when we're getting hurt. You could regulate the health thing and, like the porn industry does and ensure workers are healthy and therefore clients would be safer. Um, you could have brothels. You could, uh, everything would be better, but that would involve a shift in morality that America refuses to make, which would be to accept that, uh, married men often don't want to be monogamous, that, uh, some women are okay being a little bit slutty, (laughs) <laughs> which is also sort of not allowed, but we know it's true, but that women can trade on their sexuality to survive economically. The, the young and the poor have always done this and always will. We would have to admit a lot of things in this country to be safer. The safety payoff would be huge, but the culture shift is for some just too big of a leap to take. I don't, I don't know why. I'm not sure if it's religion or it's just a general discomfort with sex. When I do mainstream modeling, um, I often have to hide my opinions on Twitter from the magazine editor because if I even speak out pro sex work decriminalization, a magazine editor will refuse me because – and it's not because they hate sex work. It's because they're selling a magazine to the public and they don't want to get flack from the readership who may disagree with me. So these are often liability
1: issues, right? I I agree with you a a thousand percent because, you know, it's not the publication. I mean, I I work for several media companies. You know, know, I I deal with lots of journalists and media houses. And if they want to cover the sex industry, they're like, what's a unique angle? How, you know, where is it? But a lot of them don't like to talk about it. And I'm like, why not? And they said, it's not because we don't want to talk about it. It's just we can't because of our viewers. And I said, but your viewers are the ones that are at home watching porn, getting a false impression. And they, they mean porn's not wrong. You know?
0: It's legal. It's, everybody uses it. Everybody watches it. But I don't know why we're still, there's so there's the world that we aspire to, and then there's the world that is, right? And there's a lot of people who are still aspirational, that it's man, woman, two children, suburbs, and the home and the picket fence. and. I think a lot of people are afraid that if they don't control everything that we'll get farther and farther away from that and that will somehow be terrible. I don't think it will be, but uh, we don't people are uncomfortable with that which is different, right? People have always been
1: I I think I mean we're, we're, I'm I'm British, you know, we have like this stiff upper lip and, you know, it's like when people find out my past or who or what I do and who I am they're just like oh you know they might grab their partner by the arm and I'm like why in god's name would I want to be with your partner number 1 i i used to work in the sex industry and i got paid for it so i wasn't going to give it away for free never never I don't ever like it. I don't want to sleep with your partner. Do not, you know, if a man tattooed me up in a bar, I'm not going to take them home, you know? And and it says a lot about relationships where, you know, their partner can't openly discuss with their with their partner that they want to, they will fancy something different. I mean, I always refer it to my first ever radio, my first ever radio, like, interview. Somebody said to me, so you know, why do you think you like sex? I said, well, would you want to go home to the same meal of egg and chips every night? And they're like, no. And I said, well, occasionally you're going to like a Chinese takeaway or an Indian, or you want to go down to Subway, or you want to going to go, you know, for a drive-thru. It's no different than sex. Yep.
0: We, yeah.
1: we have desire.
0: But we're sort of terrified of women who admit this. We're not... Women gained their status in the world by... Having children and becoming a sexless saint, the Virgin Mary, the wife who's good and not very sexual, that was safe for men. It's not threatening, right? She's not going to cheat on you if she doesn't even like sex. And that was our status. You you push out a kid and you're suddenly a saint. And a lot of women would like that to continue to be because that was our way of getting status. And so anybody who subverts that, who fucks like a man, who likes occasional sexual variety that is somebody who's not behaving like a proper woman and i think other i'm women, on that list <laughs> and other women are very uncomfortable by that because you're sort of breaking the rules and and then what is female status anymore if you're not doing what we're supposed to do to achieve female status which is get married be good and have a kid and i Women police each other's behavior the same way men do. Like a man who is emotional and cries, other men will really pick on him sometimes he's not a real man if he is like that. And women will police sluts as, you know, get in line, be like the rest of us, or you're not a regular woman. I think
1: it's this sort of police I hear you. I I think it is. And I actually find it really bizarre that people want to be clones of other people. They want women to be the clone of one another. They want guys to be the clone of one another and relationships to be cloned. When I don't want to be in a relationship like my married next door neighbor who's been married for 30 years, may have two children and no longer have sex. Right. I would rather be really honest and say, OK, well, I haven't found a guy that I'm really interested in. But along the journey, I still need sex and intimacy.
0: Yeah, well, the the desire for homogeny, some people find that a lot safer if everything's predictable. And it's easier to govern. It's easier to write laws if everybody behaves the same way. You know, the ancient Romans were very into society being the same. I'm a sort of Marxist, Trotskyite liberal. I like variety. I live in a city that's very diverse. I like it that way. You like the variety of people, that's why you love to interview all kinds of souls. I love but it. Some people, that really terrifies them. One of my neighbors walked to the Starbucks on the corner, and he saw a man wearing a tutu, you know, ballet. Yeah, yeah. And my neighbor was very uncomfortable with that, and I asked him, why do you care? So, guy wearing a tutu, like, who cares? And he like, said, I just don't like that. I'm like, well... I think it's great.
1: He should wear whatever the hell he wants to wear. If he wants to wear a tutu, that's cool. I, I agree with you, right? It's like I don't need public um, – I don't need people to accept me and, or, like, wait around for them to make sure that everybody likes me. I've got no if, – if you don't like me, turn over. That's, yeah. that's my attitude, you know. And people said to me, oh, but, you know, why did you get into porn? Um, were you abused as a child? Were you, like, did you have daddy issues? Did you have whatever? And I'm like – do you know what? I can still remember clearly why I got into porn. It's like I'd left my, the father of, of, my, of my daughter and I realized I'd never had an orgasm. And then I suddenly just found this whole new world and I managed to learn what sex was. And it wasn't missionary style. I was so happy, <laughs> you know. And then, then I wanted to know more. I didn't even watch a porn movie till I was 22,
0: Did you know when you had not had an orgasm, did you, you must have known other people did or had you not even
1: heard of it? Nobody even discussed it. Do you know what? I was still under the, the assumption that two people had to have an orgasm together to make a baby. So I had just assumed.
0: Did you have sex education in America? That sounds like really bad sex.
1: Ed. Oh, no, I had a grainy black and white sperm leaves the penis, goes inside a vagina, and nine months later, there's a baby. And then and the religious teacher then asks you, does anybody have any questions? Well, you're in a class of like 30-odd people, boys and girls, that you would never dream of putting your hand up. Oh, sure. And then I settled down really young. And yes, I'd had some, I'll call it like recreational sex, and I enjoyed it, but then I was so young, you know, and then I wanted to be, at 17, oh my God, all I wanted to do was fall in love and meet my future husband, unbeknownst, um, I'd be bored after six months, let alone 60 years. And I literally just, you know, settled down, had two children, and then lo and behold, I'm suddenly, a, I decided to be a single parent because I was in a love loveless relationship, or relationship I didn't want to be in, because... And then when I left uh, my ex, um, local, local people from my town said to me, you know, what do you think you're doing? What about the children? You know, what what do you think you're doing? And I'm like, I'm making myself happy. Is there a problem with that? And people found it really hard that I'd done something that I chose to do.
0: Did you just hit some breaking point where you had to look out for your own happiness? Or were you at all scared that that was sort of
1: the wrong thing to do? Or No, do you know what? I think what happened is um, the dad had finished work and then we had a two-week holiday plan to go and visit family, you know, north of England. And he didn't come home and he'd gone to the pub and spent all his salary. And so I I was really annoyed because my auntie wanted to meet my new daughter and, you know, my son more. And I just went anyway. I actually just went and I made £60 last me like just over a week driving a car and looking after the two kids and I went to see my auntie and while I was with my auntie it's for the day of mobile phones and she said to me he's been ringing already asking where you are and demanding to speak to you I said I don't want to speak to him this is what he's done and she sat me down she goes in a year's time do you want to be where you are now because you know, life's, life's hopefully going to be long for you. And I said, I, "I don't know what to do." And she goes, "Well, if you don't want to be in this situation in a year's time, this is what you need to do." And for that, from that day, I just became wise. And I went home and I told him I wanted to break up. and I said, um, it, and I, I said, "I don't want to be with you anymore. I'm no longer in love with you. Obviously, the children are ours, so we share. Um, but I'm not in love with you and I don't want to be with you anymore. And that was back back 20-odd years ago. That I can't believe – my auntie gave me the strength and I'm just so relieved because even my own mum and other people just found it very strange, like what are you going to do, how are you going to cope? And I can cope really well. And then I I've discovered who I was and then I started having recreational sex and then I – you know, always safe. and. Yeah. But it was just with people who were comfortable with who they were. And for the first time, I actually felt that I was able to be me and not have to please other people before myself.
0: That's a place a lot of women have to get to. I pity those who never do, but it's a it's an amazing sort of chrysalis-like butterfly transformation when you realize you're not the person your parents told you to be. You're not the person that first love or husband or boyfriend told you to be. I had been with one man when I first became an escort. I almost married him. And I just knew, I didn't know I wanted to become an escort, but I knew I wanted to go to graduate school. I wanted to earn my own money. Yep. It was the yep. that he provided for me, but I wanted it to be mine and then I could decide how to spend it. He would give me an allowance, but then tell me what to go buy at the store. And I, I felt like I was only living half of a life. And it wasn't even just about sex, although that was part of it. I wanted to live a full existence like men get to with, I could travel on my own and go pursue the field of study and the field of work I wanted and fuck up who I wanted. And I remember the first time I bought a home, they asked where the husband was. I said, (laughs) no, this apartment is me on the mortgage. It's my money. I made it fair and square. And I'm, it's me signing these documents and that, I did that. This is almost 17 years ago. There were very few single women buying homes alone and uh, they didn't know what to make of that. Now it's more common, but you have to get to a point where you just won't take it anymore. And I don't know that I made the right choice becoming an escort, but I knew that doing what I was doing was not tolerable in the same way. It wasn't for you that I had to head off in a different direction because the status quo, would break me. Yep, absolutely. Said that She loves my father. But I asked my mother about if she had any regrets in her life. And my own mother told me I never earned my own money. I wished I had earned some money of my own. And she never did. And in that generation, women rarely ever did. And she said it made her feel like a child
1: most of her life. Absolutely. Yeah, you're being carried. It's, it's almost like you, you're, you're being carried rather than being independent.
0: Maybe. And, and being an escort, okay, you're still sort of being carried by your customers, but at least once that
1: money's mine, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I can still remember getting home after my first ever porno and being able to get home and pay all my bills that I'd accumulated as a single parent. And I, and I even had money left over to buy pizza for my young children. I was ecstatic. I, I was out of debt and I had no one to answer to and I had done it. Yeah, and and I was I, happy with I, what I.
0: Great sex too. I mean, I had
1: to- great sex too. You know? Oh my god, it was amazing. You know, my and my first ever video was for a company called Private, and I, it was totally different to what you ima- somebody would imagine going for their first ever porn shoot. But it was great. You know, so well they were just older. Who? The, the the performers, I, I just thought they were going to be my, you know, a young 20 year old or something. And they weren't. They were like 40 something. But it was great sex. The,
0: I mean, older people usually know what they're doing more.
1: Oh, loved it. I, I had one of my best movies. I, my first ever movie I still refer to. Yeah. Apps, apps, oh, apps, I was so free I'm like a little bird you know a little butterfly that I don't ever kind of stay anywhere too long I'm like I like fluttering around and doing my own thing and sitting on whoever's perch I want to and just but I look after myself
0: yeah when I think it to your point you were saying earlier about how in these COVID lockdown times people are inching out people are wearing their masks but they're pushing because humans we are a species that wants to live with some risk and some adventure and have funny stories I want to be an old lady with a lot of inappropriate stories and
1: I think I'm oh my god if you anything I don't even know where to start with mine people ask me sometimes and I'm like you don't even want to know <laughs> because I don't even
0: my average Tuesday was the wildest night you've ever had back in the and there's nothing wrong with that it's what I don't like, though, is that in sex work, sometimes that can hem you in that because you've lived this way, you you are never capable of living any other way. I have dozens of retired girlfriends who are business tycoons, sometimes wives and mothers, sometimes not. They're doing other things. That's their choice. And they also are capable of being very different 10, 20 years later. And that's OK, too.
1: But it's different it's, chapters.
0: And it's all OK, Right, we we shouldn't. I really dislike this idea that you are forever retired escort, retired porn star. If in fact you don't want to be, if you want to be, great. I'm okay with my choices. I'm not ashamed and I'm not sorry. But other friends of mine would
1: like to close this chapter and be someone else, and that should also be allowed, right? Uh, Yeah, if people want a bar to just move on, they should be able to. I mean, you you don't keep going back to the last chapter. You you're supposed to move on or I mean, like myself, I mean, I, I'm qualified in international business, health and safety, sex education. And I, if, although I haven't been in front of a camera as an um, adult performer for, gosh, nearly 20 years, um, I still use my past experience and use it in today. So there is a future in a past. When, you know, society keeps saying, oh, you'll be left on the shelf. I'm still looking for this shelf because I'm not seeing this floating shelf of all these single people and people who worked in the sex industry. I'm not seeing it. And I'm not seeing anybody um, be held back apart from the people who let them themselves.
0: Yes. Well, and 45, I mean, frankly, you're not that old. I mean, I live in L.A. 45 is nothing here. And we're delusional in L.A. We think we're hot till we're 85. And oddly... Some people here are really old and really good looking. It's weird. I've seen I,
1: some. Oh my god, Marina yeah. Del Rey.
0: <laughs> you see it in London. You see it. In, Forty-five is is literally not that old. But um, the porn industry can be a little bit youth focused, although less and less so. They're even realizing that a lot of people like a mature
1: performer. Absolutely. I mean, I was I was uh, interviewing Ver- Veronica of Love. And I, I adore the woman, you know, she's older, she's like the milf market. And I think it's great. I, I love women who have more of the confidence who aren't. When I look back at my, my younger days of doing porn, I was wild, I had so much energy, and you could tell me to do something. I'm like, yeah, 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 and I wouldn't think of the consequences. <laughs> Twenty store <laughs> years later, they're on the internet for everybody. And now, I mean, I wouldn't make adult movies now. I don't even make. I wouldn't even send texts or videos to a partner on a phone. I'm yeah. never, no, I, w- I won't do that. I'll do a live thing, but I would never. Um, I don't send dirty pictures. I'm not. I've, I've just. I just. I know somebody who's been catfished quite bad and i'm very cautious of it and plus I mean, they can go on the internet why do they need a picture you know I'm, I'm a bit like that until i really get to trust them because trust needs to be earned you don't ever just trust anybody you've got people have to earn it but it's uh so what did you ever like what were you as a young girl what did you think you were going to be when you grew up
0: I did become what I thought I was gonna be. So I always liked science. I was good at biology and math. And in my undergrad, I that's what I studied, molecular biology. And so for one and a half years after Berkeley, that's where I went to undergrad, I worked in a biotech lab in Marin County, California, north of San Francisco. Um, I worked on Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases. So um, diseases of oxidative stress, aging related diseases. And, uh, we worked on mouse models and worm models and it was intellectually very interesting, but isolating entire weeks. Sometimes I'd barely see another human being and I had a really hard time with animal sacrifice. Um, uh, you have to kill a lot of animals and that is the way that biotech research is done in every lab everywhere in the world every day. Absolutely. Um, But it was hard on my soul. You know, escorting never gave me nightmares, but that job gave me nightmares and it only (laughs) I made $29,500 a year and I worked seven days a week because the machines and the experiments run when they run. You, you can't just have office hours. You have to go in when things, mice need injecting or a machine is running. So it owned my whole life. Seven days a week, I had no life and I was making no money. So that's when I was, I was miserable and uh, I applied to graduate school and went to business school and pivoted. So I did become a scientist, which was what I always wanted to do. And I hated it. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you think studying something is different than doing it for a living. Um, I wish I had interned I'm, and learned earlier uh, because I had to go get a graduate degree since I was only qualified to do molecular biology. And I found out I disliked it as a lifestyle. I disliked the pay and the the, the horrible stuff you have to do. So that was a mistake, but I loved learning it, and uh, I am never happier when I'm learning. I still would like to go finish the, my PhD. I don't know if I ever will, but um, my, my parents are academics. My dad's a professor. I, I enjoy learning anything, like anything. Yeah. So, um, so as, long as, as long as my mind is being expanded, that I'm a happy girl.
1: Oh, completely. I mean, how long have you been escorting?
0: On and off, 16 years. I've taken a couple years off a few times. And um, lately, I've been spending the last three years almost totally with one guy. And before that, the four, year, four and a half, five years before that, I almost saw one other person. So in the last almost decade, it's been very mellow uh, the beginning was wilder and you know you're finding all your friends you're seeing lots of different people that was the mood I was in when I'd broken up with that guy and was broke and lonely and had never been with another guy and I really wanted to date a lot of guys and boy did I
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you got to go through them to find the right one
0: this is it and I wanted <laughs> to like have some fun and then you know you kind of for me every few years I like to get Deeper with somebody. I wouldn't call it love because it's still somebody who's providing for me and I would not date them if they weren't. Um, but, and it's not a shame of sexual volume or sluttiness. It's just, um, I like a
1: little bit of depth.
0: And then usually for me, when that ends and I'm kind of heartbroken, Then i like
1: to go be a slut for a while again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hear you go. I'm a girlfriend. I'm feeling you, you know, because people know I date older guys and they're normally wealthy. Um, And that's not because I want to take all their money. I don't want them to, you know, I just want to be, if they want me to be in their life, you know, 24 seven and want me to go on all these lovely holidays and everything else, which I do enjoy, you know, I can't get a normal job. A, you know a regular job nine to five getting up at seven getting home at seven and still go on all these luxury holidays and stuff and I have a I like my holidays you know I like a job where I can take it with me and I've, I've always dated older guys and yeah they, they've provide you know a few of them have provided for me and I f- thought it was great but then also I, I wasn't able to go and get an, a regular job you know but yeah. it, to me that was more like people to say oh you have your sugar daddy you know, and do you think that's where you are now or do you think that's... Yeah.
0: That's kind of what ends up happening. If you do this long enough, you find your favorites and you narrow down the numbers. And if they're wealthy enough to afford just to provide for you a lot of, to a greater extent, then you just sort of narrow it. That happens a lot. Some I know girls who married the guy because he was... and And then to your point about not working my my main steady he says he's like i don't want you working because i want you available when i have time the that's right yeah and he's i just tired and and not having a manicure and not energetic and happy so yeah. he has plenty of money for both and for lots of other people and so he's like i can easily provide for you and then i liberate your schedule so that when i want to take a trip when we used to
1: be allowed to take trips in the old times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait. I'm supposed to be in Los Angeles right now.
0: Oh, oh next yeah. time you come,
1: have to have a drink. Oh, definitely.
0: But that's it. They provide for you just because it, it allows you to be available. And wealthy men have always had wives and mistresses and concubines, and they have the resources to provide and and bend people's schedules to their will. And... The reason, I don't know why people hate that. First of all, it's never going to change. Secondly, I assume they hate it because of envy, right? Because some of these men have a lot more resources than other people. And yeah, that's enviable, sure.
1: But uh,
0: life is not
1: always equal. Welcome. Well, I don't think life ever has been equal. Because when you look back, you know, years ago, 20, 30, 40 years ago, the women stayed at home. Yeah. and the men went to work and earned the money so i don't really see what much difference there is between a full-time being a full-time girlfriend to to a, a, to a man that is willing and desires that maybe
0: um, we are basically playing the housewife for pay
1: exactly I mean i'm not i'm not being funny nothing in this world is for free nothing right every single buddy in this world Is paying for sex in some way or another. Indeed. And and with the escorting, as I see it, is they're not actually paying for the sex. They're paying for the convenience to say goodbye. Yes. Yes. You know, it is just sex and then they can leave with no guilty feeling. And they're both getting enjoyment. It's a mutual business transaction.
0: Yeah. And most people have no problem with it. Uh, those who do probably
1: just shouldn't do it, right? I mean, absolutely. There's, I mean, I'm a counselor for the in, for the adult industry. And there's some people I say, this industry is not suited for you. And you really need to do some self-investment on yourself. And I'll, I'll provide them different avenues to go out and discover who they are. And years later, people say to me, you know, thank you so much. You know, I've done this and I've done that. And I, 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 I just like that. Yeah. yeah, but 90% of the people that are working in escorting or pornography are exceptionally happy. Their choice, not doing it because of a suitcase pimp. And we all know a suitcase pimp exists. It's, you know, a partner to, p- puts their partner into sex work. Happens all the time.
0: Oh, that can be very bad. In my industry, when you are successful and a marketable commodity that people want, there will and did for me come along. Usually men, sometimes women, who want to manage your career, take a cut of your profit. And if you say no to them, they will try to destroy you. Oh, yeah, a lot. Um, they don't want you to be able to operate on your own and keep all your money. And they'll, they'll punish you if you try.
1: Yeah, um, and that's insecurity on their site. They want control. Of they you want industry. control. They want to own you.
0: Yeah. I had an online pantheon beyond a review site. And he said, I'm going to corner the market that, so that if you don't have reviews on my site, you will not be able to get any clients. And he called women his inventory. <gasps>
1: oh, yeah. oh that, that's, I mean, that kind of behavior. I mean, as, as I mentioned to you really like off camera, um, I'm helping with um, the adult work, you know, into Australia they're, they're opening up in Australia and it's an online platform which is phenomenal for independent escorts and phone sex chat or even uploading of Botica. um yeah they
0: have all forms of sex work right
1: awesome. absolutely they've got the most amazing platform where everybody you know everything is there and um they've they've also helped you know you know if there's something illegal going on they actually give the information to the police so it's Good. Yeah. So they're not going to let underage. You know, it's all monitored. You know, it's not it's not one of these agencies that are going to take 30% and then try and run your career. But also if, they, if you piss them off one day, they're going to ruin your career.
0: The difficulty is, though, to be honest, there are women who enter sex work often very young, sometimes not super savvy or smart. And without a manager,
1: they will get into real trouble. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yep, absolutely.
0: And so how, you? Yeah, they call that person a pimp, but they're not always evil. There are pimps or managers who they put the girl in college. They help her get off drugs. Yes, because she's more marketable if she's healthier and prettier, but also it's not always bad for her. So that is not always the case. But there are managers who are not, evil they're not taking too much of a cut that so i don't know what do you do with those people who are not that bad it's uh like we were talking about earlier there's a nuance in human existence it's not uh pimps equal bad clients equal sleazy it's not that simple yeah it can be it can be but in my country, they've just decided sex work equals bad. And, you
1: know. Yeah. Well, going on to that, Mike, because you're on, you're on, the, you know, you're on lockdown as well. And, um, you know, Donald Trump has refused anybody that works within the sex industry will not get help, even though the se- people that work in the sex industry pay so much tax. Yeah. Why but- doesn't he give them all their tax back?
0: For 20 years almost.
1: I, I'm i just in shock. I mean, especially because, I mean, I still think it's a personal in- issue with him because of the Stormy Daniels situation. You know. And I just, I uh, mean, you're American, so you can't really discuss it. He's
0: paying the bills for all of his wives forever. He's always liked gold diggers. It's how he
1: gets pretty women. Because if you look yeah.
0: like, you're not going to get pretty women without paying them.
1: Oh, oh my God. No, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I don't, I mean, we we float a duck in London that looks like him. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They have this massive blow up inflatable, like, ba- I think it's like a baby Trump. I thought it was a duck, but I think it's a baby Trump and he's got a nappy on and they fly it. It's, 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 well, quite, it's quite funny. But what is, I mean, how are you supposed to survive now? Because adult well, work's, got, you know, you can't do. He doesn't sex workers. He's been
0: part of it. But, his base is the religious right who claims to hate sex workers. Spoiler, most of our clients are conservative white men who are church-going Christians in America. So they actually find this more fun if it's secret and they're lying about it. And what they like, if you watch The Handmaiden's Tale TV show or read the book, no. they like a world where their wife is the saint who's sexless at home and then they can go have these wanton, slutty women but not tell the truth about it and go home to their wife and pretend to be Christian, God-fearing, conservative, but have this secret. That's what they like. And it's more exciting to them if they can lie about it. They don't want to
1: tell the truth about it. You've just just described the Bible, I think.
0: (laughs) It's more fun if you lie. It's more exciting if it's forbidden, right? Most of our clients.
1: Absolutely. People like to break boundaries and rules and regulations. It's what we do. it
0: makes it boring
1: if you just admit
0: that's why clients hate the word sex work they don't want to be thought of as work because they don't like that and they don't we don't want it to be legitimized because that takes all the fun out of it right
1: yeah it's pleasure (laughs) to me I I think it's pleasure you know it's about having a good time releasing releasing pent-up energy it's it's human nature to release semen and have and you got to admit orgasms are pretty pretty good for your health oh yeah is yeah. the biggest stress reliever, you know? So how are you, I mean, obviously you're on lockdown, you can't work. What, what does the future hold for you?
0: I, luckily, as a veteran who socked away some money, I'll be more okay than most, for at least for a while, I guess. But yeah, the ones that they can't get any of this um, small business assistant, because, so, you know, think about it. I mean, you know, it's not rocket science. They're going to lie. They're going to create a company that's not sex work you know, consulting or whatever. And they're going to go after small business assistant in that fake. So when, when you hem people in, they always find a way. So they'll just do what they've always done. Well, they'll lie to the government and not be honest about sex work. And then you can't get any good data on STDs and health because sex workers will not tell the truth that they are in sex work because they won't be willing to be part of a database because things like this happen that they suddenly can't get government assistance when everything's shut down. So the government just shot themselves in the foot because their unwillingness once again, to be honest about real human behavior is going to make more lying, more closeting. And then you're going to get worse and worse data because nobody's telling the truth. I mean, this is why polls don't work. This is why data is so faulty. These models of COVID were such utter garbage because if you
1: force people to lie they're gonna lie right <laughs> Ab- absolutely Well, yeah I mean it's survival I mean right human it's it it's, 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 we're human <laughs> yeah we're human it's 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 absolutely normal I mean like I said I mean you know covering the adult industry, I know how much tax these people pay yeah and i I'm just absolutely shocked that they that you know that the government would take their tax to benefit others and give it back to the country. But yet when those same people that popped up some of the country, they're now left to to to, to just chuck to the curb. I'm just amazed.
0: If they go after you, they can freeze your assets and just take it.
1: I mean, I'm to, it's a whole new, whole new... In Like I said, in Australia, it's different. In England, it's different. And, you know... We're
0: trying here. Um, we have public support, but... We're trapped between the the religious right that has this moral dilemma with they do it but they won't admit it. Yeah. And we're trapped with the left, the far left radical feminists who think that we're terrible victims of abuse and that any man who ever wants to sleep with a woman is, is 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 Satan. Yeah. So. We're unfortunately attracted in by both sides that hate us. <laughs> it's
1: not a good place. It's not a good place to be, right?
0: Not
1: I don't. Side well, side what I don't get is that you know, sex is not about reproduction anymore. It's about enjoyment. It's healthy. What isn't healthy is suppressing emotions and suppressing desires and needs. You know, is we have to be able to express ourselves, and right now people are unable to. And I also think that many people are going to consider turning to the sex industry and especially escorting, to survive after, you know, to try and get their lives back together. What would your advice be to the women that are considering turning to the escort world now because they've lost their jobs and need to be- get their life back?
0: Yeah, I understand. That's where I was uh, almost 20 years ago. I get it. Um, you... Half, please do all the research you can. There's so much stuff out there. We were talking about plastering via YouTube. <laughs> YouTube <laughs> is great. There's tons of escorts talking about what it's like to work in one. You can look at our websites and look at everything we do. Message me and ask. I cannot, cannot tell you what to do in your career. It's illegal, but I'll help anybody stay alive because I want you to suffer less than I did in the beginning. There are lots of us out there. There are paid mentors, but, but you can get. but do your research. Because uh, in math, there's something called the Poisson distribution. It's something that's very unlikely, but it's dire if it happens. So like a lightning strike or plane crash. This business follows the Poisson distribution. 99% of the time, nothing bad will happen, but the one will kill you. So you have to, kind of like a pilot in a plane, prepare for something that may never happen. Because if you don't, you will you will die. I'm not kidding. So um, – you have to screen. There is no money worth taking your life in your hands. If you do that, the murderer will come because they do email us all the time and they're looking for the one who's sloppy enough to, to meet him and you, can't, you cannot let him through. So, uh, But I'm not to scare you. 99% of guys are wonderful and you have a great time. You just <laughs> have, have to not meet the one, right?
1: That's in, yeah, and that's in normal society as well.
0: Oh, dating, regular dating. If you're not being paid, it's the same.
1: Yeah, so it's no different.
0: Meet in public, do your screening, check guys out, background, all that's online. We have places where you can learn it all. Come to us veterans, we can help. Uh, and then obviously take the regular precautions. If you if you choose, not because you're paid, you decide to be intimate with somebody of your own volition, not because of money, be safe, be um, And uh, don't let anybody mistreat you. Douchebags are going to stay douchebags. If he's bad in the beginning, he's never going to get better. Go find somebody else.
1: (laughs) Amy, that's such amazing advice. Just tell the listeners where they can find you and how to contact you.
0: Uh, So I have my official website, amytaylor.com. And I'm on Twitter, amytaylor1. And I'm on Instagram, amytaylorLA.
1: Amy, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. You're like a woman who... Is my mirror image. I I'm just absolutely love it. Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. It's been a pleasure having you on here. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to be over in Los Angeles soon. I'm going to take you up on meeting up for a drink.
0: I would love that. I can't wait to meet you in person when all I, this nonsense is.
1: I can't wait. I should be there now. Hopefully I'll get there as soon as possible. Amy, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. God bless you, lovely.
0: Likewise.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to X-Talk Podcast
0: with Leanne Young. Make sure to visit our website, skyhawkafterdark.com, where you can subscribe to our show in iTunes, Google Podcast, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too.